1993, Universal Entertainment optioned an Inspector Gadget movie from Deke. Then Disney bought Deke, and six years later, this thing happened. We are the Deke Geeks, and... Jesus Christ, Mark, we've been doing this for two fucking years! Oh, God. Get the feeling you've heard that a lot of times. Yeah, too much. Anyway, welcome to Deep Geeks. This is the two-year anniversary special. And uh, no, there wasn't any cuts there. (laughs) Okay, so around about, I think it was the 26th of November 2016, we published the first episode of Deep Geeks, which was us uh, having a bit of a talk about the original Inspector Gadget cartoon. We fucked it up and we missed the first year anniversary because I think we're on break or something. Uh, yeah, we have taken a couple of breaks. Yeah. Um, but we managed to catch this one. I managed to pinpoint it out and go, ah, we should probably do something special for this because we missed the first one. So, considering we started with Inspector Gadget, what better thing to follow up with for the anniversary episode than the Inspector Gadget live action movie? Several things, yeah. Several things, actually. Practically anything, yeah. But I mean, this is Deep Geeks, and if we don't have at least fifty million ounces of disappointment in every episode, then uh, it's (laughs) just simply not the uh, not the right show, is it? So, (laughs) Inspector Gadget movie, as published and technically produced by Disney infamously a complete box office flop oh that's not true it just wasn't very high it was enough <laughs> didn't get its budget back it that did. is a box office flop i'm pretty sure it got its budget back internationally yeah certainly it did well enough to get a straight to dvd sequel three years later but yeah. not much else Three fucking years later, it got with, a direct DVD sequel. With precisely one member of the original cast. Yes, and it was the fucking jobber. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, there's a lot to unpack on this yes, one. Yes, yes. Uh, but first, um, Jesus Christ, 50th episode. Oh God, is it really episode 50? It's episode 50. It's two years, episode 50. Which means that before now, we have looked at uh, how many double episodes <laughs> oh god we uh, must be a, have god. looked at around 60 cartoons most of which have exactly the same plot basis we have looked at exactly 56 things overall 56 uh shows movies christmas specials and non-miscellaneous gubbins uh Brought us out by Deke. Yeesh. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't envy me. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. Yeah. 
Oh god. I mean, right. I would, I would, I would I... do things like ask you, oh well, what have you enjoyed? But it's right there on the website. We've got a list yeah. of what we enjoyed, and it's Where's Waldo? Yes, <laughs> it's still the Where's Wally cartoon. That thing has still never been beaten. It's a solid cartoon that is. But I mean, oh god, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm surprised we've managed to get this far without really running into a lot of like troublesome like things where one of us thinks really highly of it and the other one thinks really low of it and like that's happened before but we managed to persuade one another into going okay yeah no you have a point let's put it lower down yeah every time we managed to sort something out and kind of find this equilibrium to stand on like where we both agree actually yeah it's a bit fucking naff yeah things tend to ultimately be mediocre and um (laughs) To uh, stop in me- meandering around this inevitable uh, brick wall that we are slowly crashing into. Speaking of mediocre, Inspector Gadget, nineteen ninety nine. Ah yes. Um, you told me before we watched this. You've seen this before. I have definitely a vague memory of having seen this movie before when I was a kid on a VHS tape, and I also remember seeing the second one as well. I remember the second one slightly more, but at the same time, not quite. I definitely remember certain scenes from this first one. Um, For example, the fucking Yahoo billboard. That's a memorable (laughs) bit for me. (laughs) That was genuinely a pretty decent joke, just purely out of how fucking surreal it was. Um... See, the problem with doing these movie recaps is that we can't just recap the plot because then that's kind of a bit boring and droll. But at the same time, we can't just talk about random bits back and forth because that won't really make any sense. That's a very good question. I mean, how do you do these movie episodes? I mean, I would say... We tried both and neither really worked. Yeah, a good example might just be to go like the way that Till Death Do Us Blart do it, which is a mixture of plot recap with, hey, this bit was really good, or, hey, can we talk about how shitty this bit was? It's kind of like this vague, light plot recap, which is kind of like, this happens and this happens. Oh, by the way, during this bit, this bit was really crap. You know, that kind of style? Let's go for it. Let's see how much of this plot we can remember. (laughs) Okay. It's... It's, it's the going plot to be remembrance challenge. Yeah, it's going to be more than Groove Squad. Yes. At the very least, there's a lot more that and, sticks out. There's a lot more that sticks out and and yeah, I guess, but at the same time it is a 15-minute cartoon stretched to over one hour, basically. Um and made live action. No, no, no. 22 minute. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, I would be going off my notes here, but I didn't do the plot as per usual. I've just got my uh, commentary notes, as it were. And I gave up putting notes six minutes in because it meant I was missing major details. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Okay, let's let's start at the start. This is an, an origin movie for Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Does Inspector Gadget need an origin movie? I mean, it is very curious. A lot of the stuff about gadgets, the cartoon character, a lot of the stuff is unexplained and is a bit like, oh, how did he get this way? And 
like oh why is he like this that like this and how did he meet penny and stuff like that or you know family well how did they get brain this ultra smart dog and yeah stuff like that and like there's definitely a lot of questions that i would like answered but at the same time because it's a cartoon that is like fairly fondly remembered and it's like pretty nice to look back on it is a case of if these questions were answered i feel like some of the magic would be gone Part of the enjoyment of it is the is the mystery of like how the fuck did this weird Mr. Magoo type character come to be like he is? Well, I'm not even sure it's that. I think ultimately this Mr. Magoo type figure needs to exist as he is. To give him anything beforehand or to give him anything after is to kind of take away the essence of this weird character designed for this one specific purpose. Ah, so you're saying he's always been that way no matter what. I I mean, he's a cartoon. <laughs> That's true. It... And that is the perfect reason to suddenly turn him into Matthew Broderick. Uh, who was, of course, famously uh, Ferris Bueller. What else was he in? Uh, Godzilla, 1997. You know, the one, the American one everyone hates. The one where he goes deeper underground, but Jamiroquai. Quite possibly. That's 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 the only thing I know about the Godzilla. The American one that movie. has a lot of fish. The one, the two things I know about the 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 American Godzilla movie, the old one. A, it's shit. B, Jamiroquai did a song called Deeper Underground, and it was tied in with the movie for some reason. Ha. Huh. Complete with video, I believe. Yeah, I mean that was the thing at the time. See, also, um, is it? Batman Forever and Seal's Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Batman Forever was a thing. Oh, and also Mystery Man and Smash Mouse All-Star. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Smash Mouse All-Star's in this movie. Yeah. It's a movie from the Very turn much of the century. Took, it took me off guard. <laughs> it's Smash Cuts to Smash Mouth. Oh, Jesus. Right, let's go. Right, start at the beginning. Here we go. We have a one-minute-long, just inane and boring, slow-paced CGI animation of this big metal G being made out of a bunch of random shit flying onto the screen uh, with credits occasionally peering in the parts and slow-motion zoom close-up things. It's such a fucking dull animation, and it goes on for so long. Um, I mean, we genuinely thought it was longer than a minute when we like reached the end of it. <laughs> we were like, "Hang on, is this not even a sixty-minute movie?" We went back and checked like how long the credits were. By the way, long, and how long the opening sequence was, and it was only a minute, but it felt so much longer than that because of how slow-paced it was. Yeah, the the actual movie. Uh, minus the credits and introduction sequence, it's about a hundred and not hundred. It's about sixty-seven minutes. Or thereabouts, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, oof, boy. That's a short film. It's a very lean production, and yet. <clears throat> so the movie starts. And we are on the set of 2004's The Cat in the Hat, <laughs> with lots of colourful buildings, and everyone loves each other, and it's all happy, lovely, yay. Yeah. It is genuinely like the the 
place in the Can-Am Mike Myers movie, it kind of frightened me. Well, it's a colourful, idyllic, um, extra-reality uh, dream sequence. Yeah. With kind of a 1950s, but in ridiculous colours uh, yeah. sheen to it. It's still very off-putting kind of style to it honestly i mean it's oh it's a dream sequence yeah uh, dream sequences are good when they're off-putting although it's off-putting for the wrong reasons yes uh anyway uh our boy matthew broderick is uh oh he's a cop in this dream sequence he's dreaming that he's a cop for some reason and a out of control mini boss full of kids uh or something is uh careening out of control because it's got no brakes and it's going super fast and it's heading right for a crossing for of um like girl scouts or something and also their dog and cop roderick goes over he kicks the dog into the air literally just fucking punts it up scoops up all the kids puts them on the end of the pavement and then as the bus goes past he kicks a fucking oh god what is it uh kind of a hook shot kind of thing, which latches onto the boss, and it manages to stop the boss right before it hits a mascot person. And then everyone's like, oh, the dog, the dog! And the dog lands in his arms or something like that. And then it wakes up and it's a dream. Oh, no. And it turns out that our boy Matthew Burdick is actually a security guard. It takes about... How long is it now? Like 20 minutes till f- before he actually becomes Inspector Gadget. There was 20 minutes of fluff, which is supposed to be kind of setting up the backstory or something, but doesn't really achieve much. I mean, put it this way, it takes until halfway through the entire fucking movie before an actual genuine threat to the townspeople appears. Well, to be fair, there is a genuine threat. He's just so unthreatening no, that you no, don't no, no, even no. think about it. He doesn't do anything. He does one evil thing at the at the start. He kills someone, right? Okay. That's it. From that point on, he does literally nothing. He is no threat whatsoever after that scene. That's true. To the general public, he is not an issue. Yeah. Halfway through the movie, we get evil robots gadgets. Which, okay, we're skipping on ahead massively here. So much for our plan. Fuck it. Only good thing And he is genuinely a concern to the general public because he's going about beating the shit out of everyone and stacking up cars and then blowing them off. Well, that's true. <laughs> like, it takes until half an hour into the movie for a genuine threat to arrive and the genuine threat isn't even stopped until 15 minutes before the end. <laughs> like, what a fucking... Like, how do you spend such a long time dicking about doing absolutely nothing for that long? Well, it's what happens when you make a 1990 superhero film. Is this really a superhero yeah, film, Yeah, this is technically a superhero film. Well, no, because then by that basis, Inspector Gadget the cartoon is a superhero cartoon, and it is most certainly not a superhero cartoon. Well, no, it's a spy antics cartoon. Yeah. It's a spy gadgetry cartoon. This, however, has no spy antics. It instead has superheroics. Because it is literally... Oh. It is li- comes literally down to a fist fight between two superpowered beings. Can we talk about why Claw is trying to create a robot clones of everyone? Sort of like this fucked up version of... Like, Stepford Wives meets the DreamWorks picture robots. <laughs> 
Okay, but first we probably <laughs> what have... What the fuck is with that, though? First we probably have to explain our good guys. Ah, <sighs> one, Gadget. Okay. Two, woman. Yeah, woman. What was her name? <laughs> Brenda. Brenda. She's... I don't know. She's an incredible scientist. She's an incredible scientist slash love interest slash damsel. Yeah. Even then. Not Although really she's, a damsel in distress. She's uh, never she's really... more of a damsel kicking. Yeah. At every point in this film, she is at least vaguely badass. Yeah. She's probably the best character thinking about it. I mean, to be fair, one of the things about Gadget was that the sole female character was the most capable person on the cast, so... And here that is not the fucking case, because Penny does bugger all this movie. So instead, Brenda does it. <sighs> so disappointing it is rather. i would much rather see a badass little kid going about kicking the shit out of baddies uh, talking of that non-badass little kid uh michelle trachtenberg uh, who would t- a couple of years later uh become buffy the the vampire slayer's little sister dawn okay yeah i know you haven't Whoosh. seen <laughs> what have i got in my notes here um Okay, fuck it then. We'll just jump around various things okay. as we remember them because that's going to be far easier. Yeah, It's going to be a very, very confusing listen and I'm very sorry. It's the anniversary episode. Give us some slack. Okay, who's Brenda again? <laughs> uh, she's Brenda. Uh, who's she played by? Brenda. <laughs> uh, Jolie Fisher. Um, So... Other things that are weird about the characters, much like how Penny has literally no agency and does absolutely nothing this movie, Brain doesn't do anything either. He's just a dog in this movie. Yeah. And that kind of makes the entire point of him being called Brain a lot pointless, and he barely shows up and... Why? 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 Okay. To recap... The whole concept of Inspector Gadget was that it was a knockoff of Dynamut. You had the superhero who had lots of cool gadgets, and then you had the people following them actually manipulating things so that they don't completely fuck it up for themselves. Those two people in this are completely ignored. Yeah. They uh, just kind of sit in the background. Penny gets to do one thing in the entire... Sorry, two things in the entire movie that are actually advance the plot. Mm-hmm. And Brain does nothing because he is a dog. Brain gets one, but only as a tool used by Penny. Yeah. Um, also, a gag that I wrote, Inspector Gadget, more cop, uh, because he's just a security guard here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Brenda and her father are great scientists working on... Uh, prosthetic limbs and technology for basically the gadget to make an inspector gadget. For some reason, there is massive government funding in this city uh, to produce an inspector gadget. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's as you said, it's a fucking clone of Robocop, isn't it? Really, it's um, they're they're funding basically Robocop. Yeah, Robocop, so six it's, million dollar man. It's yeah, it's an old. It's it's basically either of them um a couple of notes i made about the character of gadget in this movie 
far too much of a generic nerdy white guy kind of character for a gadget, really. Yeah, you know who else is far too much of a generic white guy? Claw. Claw. Yeah. Okay, so at this He's point... He's just a generic suave dude, isn't Yeah, he? at this point we're, re- we're uh, introduced to Claw. Claw is at this point. a businessman. That's uh, it. What was his name? He's a mate. It's a pretty famous actor. No, not his name. Name. Oh, um, Sanford Skolex. That was it. Sanford Skolex, played by Rupert Everett. If it tells you anything about Rupert Everett, the things that uh, Wikipedia lists him as, in, as being in include the madness of King George, Shakespeare in Love, Inspector Gadget. A Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> wow, it's really a low point in his career, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, until Shrek sequels. Ah. <laughs> mm. Who did he play in Shrek? Um, ah, good point. So yeah, Rupert Everett played Prince Charming in the Shrek sequels. So uh, Matthew Broderick uh, works at a security at the lab when... Uh, Claw, or rather the not yet named Claw, attacks the laboratory, kills the scientist's father, and steals a fort. Uh, the resulting chase, because I guess it's the heroic thing for him to do to uh, chase Claw down the street rather than to call the police and, you know, maybe try. Why and- the fuck would the police do anything? Ask yourself that. Okay, call an ambulance. Okay, it's already been two hours. He's well dead. Hasn't been two hours. It will be by the time they get there. Why? If it's the fucking NHS. (laughs) It's not, it's an American city. It'll still be two hours, probably. Fucking hospital's shit. And then he'll have to pay £400 because it's America. Regardless, he goes into a car chase with Claw, crashes into a billboard. Yahoo! <laughs> yeah, a Yahoo billboard. It's literally saying do the old slogan, do you Yahoo. Saying do you Yahoo, crashes down onto a car and makes the Yahoo cowboy yodeling noise. <laughs> That's the bit that stuck in my head, most of all. I keep thinking about that every so often. I just think in my head, I just hear Yahoo! And I'm like, oh, what's that from? Oh, yeah, that scene. Uh, I don't know why that's in there, but that's the first of many, many product placements in this film. You can tell very clearly where the funding for this film came from. God, there's so much product placement. It's pretty bad. Car full of Skittles. And M&M's, and also... Uh, there's a McDonald's button in there and a bunch of soft drink buttons in there from the Coca-Cola company and uh, <laughs> boy howdy. Yeah, that car for so many that reasons. Car that car is uh, not just a product placement machine, but just a, a, a fucking mistake in general, <laughs> to be yeah. completely honest. So anyway, uh, the um, Claw's hand is crushed in this accident, but he still manages to throw a bomb into... Uh... He throws the bomb before his hand is crushed. Oh, okay. He throws a bomb into Broderick's vehicle, uh, and he gets the brunt of a massive blast, which basically destroys his body. Yeah. Uh, the scientist girl 
Uh, Brenda. Girl. girl? Scientist woman. Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> Thank you. Brenda uh, tells the mayor, who is what? Mayor? One... Yeah. The mayor. The mayor. Mayor. The mayor. The mayor. The mayor. So he tells the horse, right? Oh, for God's sake. Okay. The mayor and chief of police uh, question her about the status of the gadget project. And she says that, well, she's got this nearly dead guy who uh, tried to save her after, uh, tried to defend her father and went chasing after her father's killer. He would be the perfect candidate for turning into Inspector Gadget. So this guy gets converted into a cyborg without any consultation. Also, the surgery scene is the most, like, Disney Deke thing possible. I noticed a lot of parallels between the writing and comedy in this and the writing and comedy in Deedles. Yeah, well, I mean... Deedles was better. Yeah, kind of. It was better. Well, here's the thing. With this, there were apparently a bunch more kind of... um, Not necessarily dirty, but more adult jokes. Some drug references, some more... Oh, yeah, um... Paul literally lights up a fucking cigar. Oh, for God's sake. There were drug references, alcohol references, uh, a little more risque content. And due to negative test screenings, uh, the film was cut down from something like 140 minutes to 117 or was it 210 minutes? Oh, no, I don't think No, it couldn't was. possibly be 210 no. minutes. That would be a fucking Marvel movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. Regardless, a significant amount of this movie was cut out. And it hasn't improved it. So, after the, the sugary scene, we get the... Um... We get we get claw. He's he's got his claw finally replacing his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, it's nice, it's fucking lovely that. Yeah, and can we just say this guy, this scientist guy, who is unable to give claw a proper replacement hand, also later builds a near perfect replica Inspector Gadget. Why does Claw not have a decent prosthetic? In the same scene later on, it is shown that he has various fake hands to put on over the claw. Right, but they're really stupid minimal movement things. Yeah. Why doesn't he just have a normal hand? Anyway, he named, he figures out some names and shit, and... He eventually settles on just claw. Uh, quote, he says, just claw. One word. Like Madonna. Okay. I, I, is that a joke? Yeah, he. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has now just named, given himself his supervillain name. Yeah. Not in kind of some dramatic speech, just kind of on a whim. Ha <laughs> I should just call myself Claw. <laughs> A lot more of a jovial version. I kind of, I think I prefer jovial claw. I mean, he wasn't sinister whilst doing it, was he? No, he wasn't. But he was. He wasn't really jovial either. It was just kind of a just claw, one word like Madonna. 
Like, like he knows he he thinks he's being funny. That's what it is. He thinks he's been being funny, but no one finds it funny to the point that everyone has to fake a laugh and go. <laughs> it's um. It doesn't that describe this movie in general? <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> Very much so. Okay, so anyway. Your boy Inspector Gadget, he finally wakes up and cartoon antics occur. Yeah, the Hooray! next 20 minutes or so. No, the next rest of movie. No, no. The... Yeah, okay, yeah. But the rest of the movie yeah. from this point is just cartoon antic bullshit. The next 20 minutes or so are just Gadget getting used to his abilities in a weird montage, followed by a weird montage of Gadget being given things like the car followed by a weird montage of Gadget saving cats from trees. I've put a note that's here saying, I'm not only sh- honestly sure he would have this little control over his own body like this. Surely something would have been put in place to avoid shit just popping off at random. Well, here's the thing. It was. There is very specifically a plot point that there is a control card that allows him to control his body better. Later, that gets ripped out of him, and he he can then control his body nearly through the power of will. So anyway, fucking Brenda is teaching Gadget, like, okay, you say go, go, Gadget, and then a word to activate shit. Uh, He complains about having to say go, go, Gadget, because, yeah, that's a really daft thing to have to say. And then she basically guilt trips him into saying it anyway, because, oh, my father died for this, you know. Um, Which is a really shitty way of saying, yeah. yeah, we know it sounds stupid, but go with it. Yeah. It was like that in the cartoon. This is our explanation for why it's happening. <laughs> no, you're already in this... <laughs> Here's the thing. They're already established to be in this slightly exaggerated world. You're in the kind of universe where a man can gain a massive metal claw on his hand and go, ha ha ha, I should start calling myself the claw. But my father died for this, you know. (laughs) Don't you want to continue his legacy? It's not like I'm a fucking super genius computer scientist and I couldn't fucking change it just like that, you know. It's not like I couldn't just fucking fucking press a couple of buttons and change it. Oh, yes, but this is no, what her father be, wanted. Me fucking father. This is what her father wanted. I'm slowly turning into Mrs. Doyle, our father fucking Ted. I will have a cup of tea, now. <laughs> anyway, so Gadget goes, goes, plays along with the Go-Go Gadget thing, and he's told to say any word that comes out of the top of his head to activate a, like a function in his body. And the word he inexplicably comes out with is Go Go Gadget Oil Slick, which activates him spitting out a shitload of what is just basically like gunge and later supposedly toothpaste? Yeah. A, why does he have that in his body? B, why the fuck is Go Go Gadget Oil Slick an acceptable command? Well, because it's very useful for chase sequences. And C... Why does he have all of that toothpaste in his body? Thing is, why is it coming out of the hand? If you're going to design an oil slick dispenser, shouldn't it be coming out of the back of the feet? And D, 
You say it's for chase scenes, it's never fucking used in a chase scene! No, because toothpaste isn't slippy! (laughs) (laughs) But an oil slick would be useful! A huge half gallon of toothpaste! What? Fucking... Hers and goes, oh look, I've got a fucking fancy dandy hunky dory fucking cyborg body like it's bloody great. I can say anywhere to like that comes up the top of me dome and I can make stuff happen in its brain. Look at this. Check this out. Go, go, gadget oil slick. <laughs> Nerd. Like who the fuck does that? You are standing next to the person who has said that they will be by your side for the entire learning process and, like, be there to help you and fix you if you get fucked up because you unwillingly joined this project, like, by my hands. So it is the least that I can fucking do to be there with you. And the first thing you come up with, standing directly in front of her, is Go Go Gadget Oil Slick. What the fuck kind of asshole do you have to be to fucking, like, like do this and practice this in front of your, like, new best friend and you, your immediate first thought is to cover her in oil? And love interest. Let's not forget love interest. That comes later in the movie. No, that comes from the start of the movie. Shit, He yes, tries to pick her up when she's his oh, boss. God. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. For fuck's sake. Anyway, yeah, it's at this point the film fucking... Oh, God, it goes into another training montage shit with this fairly racist character, guru-type character, trying to hone in on Gadget's abilities or some shit like that. For some reason, this thing comes back later in the movie, and I'm still not sure what the fuck that scene was on about. No, I don't know either, but it's at this point that the film, like, the, the, the mayor, I guess, references the $6 million man, and I'm just like, no, you don't get to be self-a-fucking-ware when you are directly ripping off the concept of that fucking movie. Stop it. And the thing is, the film continues trying to be self-aware throughout the movie, And it is not set up or written or even remotely funny enough to be self-aware. It just comes off as, frankly, fucking pathetic. Well, it's also the fact that she just outright calls him the six million dollar man. Which does lead to the joke, six million dollars doesn't buy you so much these days. Yeah, okay, that's an okay joke. It's an okay joke, but I mean, you could have... They tried. That's that's the best summation of this movie. They tried. Did they they fail? Not quite. Did they succeed? Not really. No. It's just, they tried. They gave it their best shot, and the result was, eh, you know. (laughs) Anyway, the car is introduced, and the car talks. And has its oh, own AI. God, the car. Okay, so the car is a horrific uh, late 90s CGI object. Yes. Again, the colour schemes reminded me a lot of Cat in the Hat. That, that shade of purple is the exact shade of purple used in the scene on the Cat in the Hat where the goo shit splatters all over the place. The purple goo shit. I can't remember what it is. That film is a blur to me. I... I'm going to have to rewatch yeah. that movie at some point because wow, that movie's something. The car has dozens and dozens of gadgets in. 
none of which are useful mm-hmm. uh, or even used. Yes. Uh, except for the recreational ones like the uh, the Skittles yeah. dispenser. Yeah, as we mentioned, the Gadget Mobile is full of product placement dispensers for some reason. It has a bunch of dispensers for Coca-Cola drinks. It has a McDonald's button. I don't know what that button does. I'm assuming you press it and fries come out or something like that. Later on, we see that it also has a Skittles and an M&M's button. Like, uh, here's the question. Not even attempting to hide the product placement. Right, but if you're going to... work. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to use product placement like this, find ways for it to work. Have him complain about the product placement, but then later in the movie, find uses for it in the field. Yeah, I guess. Have, well... I'm afraid. I'm afraid Skittles funded our uh, our police program this year. They insisted on this being part of it, and then later have him use Skittles to slow someone running down. Have people skid on Skittles. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, they crashed into a Yahoo billboard for God's sake. That was a rem- great use of a product placement yeah, that was piece. A good, that was actually this is pathetic. All that you get is Michelle Trachtenberg. Helping yourself to so many Skittles that it fills up the car. I mean, it just... The idea that you had, for some reason, brought to mind the scene in Paul Blart 2 of... Um, you may notice that... I've Avery seen has, Paul Blart 2. Avery has Paul Blart 2 on the brain. This is because we are recording this almost immediately after Thanksgiving. I've not finished it. I've I've listened to like 10 minutes of it, but I have been re-listening to the old episodes. So I fell asleep listening to it, so I need to listen to it again. <laughs> well done. It was pleasant. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, you say, you say that thing with the, like, thing in the skittles into it or something, but like, for some reason all that brings to mind is the one scene in, couple scenes in uh, Paul Blart 2 where you see the marble gun. In the uh, in in the the convention floor thing, and it's like okay, that will be used later on, but like it's it's like really rubbish and it's probably not going to do anything. Um, but at the same time, you expect it to come back later and it's going to be like actually really useful and it's going to trip them up and it's going to be like amazing, yeah, wow. And then it gets to the point where he actually uses the marble gun and all the fucking marbles just dribble out of the fucking gun and it turns out that it was actually as pathetic as it looked. That's kind of what it reminded me of, like your example that you gave there. Just this, like, (laughs) you see this and you expect it to have some use later and then it's used and it turns out that there's actually no use at all for it. Like you get double bluffed by the fucking movie. Yeah, that's still a better use of it than... Yeah, I guess. I mean, here's the thing. Product placement, the... I mean, the real big origin of modern product placement, Steven Spielberg, E.T. Ah, yeah. Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And it is a good use of... Yeah, that one was... It's an entirely... That is definitely a very nicely done... Bit of product placement. An entirely it? fair use of the product. Yeah. It's not a let's just shove this product in. It made sense within context that this child would coax an alien out using Reese's pieces. Mm. Almost coaxed out using, uh, I believe, Hershey's, but Hershey's turned down the offer. Oh, oh and Reese's And Reese's was a much smaller company and gained a time. lot and gained a lot of popularity from that film, basically made the company. 
Boop. No. No, Mark is wrong. It wasn't Hershey's who turned down the offer. It was Mars for M&M's. Hershey's has always made Reese's Pieces. He goofed up. We all goof up. And then, of course, uh, another company tried to reproduce the same effect, and we ended up with Mac and me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Mac and me is literally an attempt to copy the product placement from E.T. Yeah. (laughs) And failing miserably. Yeah. But back to the subject of the car. So the car has a face. Yeah. It has two faces. It It has has the actual car, physical car face, and then it has a little screen with a CGI face. Yeah. The CGI face brought violent flashbacks um, of a this weird arcade game. Oh, fuck. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's this bizarre... I think it's Korean in origin. Boop. Hey, I was wrong about this one, too. Fucking... It's a game called Kick It. Also had a variation called Kick It Pro and Kick It Junior. And it's produced by a company called Global VR, who are American, uh, based in San Jose in California. So, hey, there's that. But I mean, it's a very simple game. It's it's a soccer uh, arcade game where there is a big screen. There is a little net embedded into the machine and a ball on a string your goal is to kick the ball into the goal at the right time on the screen. Now, that is fair enough in itself, but like a couple of versions of that arcade cabinet have this weird mascot that is this football with a face. And I believe it also has arms. And I rem- like this has been embedded and lodged in my brain ever since I saw it as a young kid at a uh, holiday resort park. What like when it's in its attract mode, there is like little sequences where you will see the mascot on the screen, and he will honk his horn, and it's like, and it's really bizarre looking. Like once you see the actual football character itself, it is very much an oh god kind of moment because it is just kind of genuinely horrifying to look at, (laughs) and for like a young kid like me to see that along with this weird honking noise that I didn't quite discern was coming from an actual horn. And it was like this massive looking arcade cabinet and it wouldn't stop making the horn sound. Like, every, we're talking every minute, it would go... Like, yeah, that thing has stuck with me for a while. And it's this weird, ar- obscure arcade cabinet that I can barely find nowadays. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> Had a couple of nightmares about that fucking football mascot, and let me tell you what. I mean, it has more than one thing in common with it, and that's that it won't fucking shut up. <laughs> yeah. And it's also a weird orb with a face. Uh, yeah. Fucking hell, I feel a bit lightheaded now. <laughs> <laughs> um, The voice of the car. I mean, it falls into kind of the trope of the wise-cracking African-American sassy sidekick thing. Yes, very much so. Uh, it is It is trying... It's going more... It's leaning into the, the cop genre, antique genre, more with that, like, with the, with the, 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 the way that that car talks. Because, effectively, with the car introduced, this is now a buddy cop movie. <laughs> Good point. I mean, 
but I mean, it's this very specific, weird turn of the century trope of sassy black sidekick. Um, I think it's kind of these days most notable for Donkey and Shrek. Huh, yeah. There's just this very specific <laughs> Yeah, pattern Donkey was of... voiced by Eddie Murphy, wasn't he? Yeah. Huh, yeah. <laughs> just, it's hmm. got the same pattern of um, sass and... I mean, I'm not saying sass because I, uh, I am saying that black people are sassy. This is just... How these characters are, they follow a specific stereotype. And is this the only African-American character in the movie? Um, Yes and no. I mean, the thing is, is he's not actually African-American in the film because he's just a car. But are there any other African-Americans in the cast? He just has a voice of an African-American. And also to answer the actual question of are there any other African-Americans in the film? No. There's definitely a Japanese American. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, Taro Tomomatsu or something like that. I can't remember his actual name. Um, he exists purely for a Godzilla joke. Yes, he he is in one scene and he says, "This is why I moved away from Tokyo." Except he doesn't actually say that in Japanese because he says something else entirely different. <laughs> I can't remember what he actually says, but it's not what the subtitle says. Oh, sorry, not Japanese America. I think he actually is Japanese, isn't he? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Either way, uh, he is still a bit of a bit part actor. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> the most notable for me, at least, is that he played one of the variations of Mr. Shake Handsman on the weird kind of semi-game show betting hybrid uh, Channel 4 show Banzai, which, looking back at it now, pretty fucking racist. But, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Problematic <laughs> fun. Yes, it, it, it's a really... Oh, God, I could really go into detail about how, like, simultaneously good and awful Banzai is. It's... Oh, God... It's a show that I want to get into at thing, some you, point. But. You don't have to stop liking things because they are problematic. You merely have to acknowledge that yes, they I'm, were problematic. I'm, I'm fully aware, but it's <laughs> it's still just like a oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> kind of a thing. And then in future, things should probably be less problematic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, looking into it real quick, uh, he is uh, Mr. Shake Handsman in seasons two and three. Fair so, enough. So, the second Mr. Shake Handsman. <laughs> is he doing he's appeared in diagnosis murder the tracy ullman show oh he was in godzilla the movie as well <laughs> yeah uh also in heroes uh mr shakeman's handsman 2 on banzai warning avery's audio from this point on will sound distorted and crusty like they've been put through a terrible voice changer filter if you don't wish to subject your ears to such horror skip ahead to 57 27 thank you He's apparently actively involved in the sci-fi fandom. Regularly <laughs> found at the Los Angeles Sci-Fi Science Fantasy Sci- Society Clubhouse in North Hollywood during meetings and or events. Oh, that's excellent. Also regularly a staff member at many fan-run conventions, including LostCon, Gallifrey One, Anime Los Angeles, DemiCon, plus many Worldcons and Westercons. He was the Toastmaster at Baycon 2010 and fan guest of honor at the 2011 2011's Kansas City Conquest 42. Um. His acting resume gives little credit to his attractiveness as a science fiction personality. As an entertainer moving through the social landscape of nerddom, he reveals many aspects of his acting personas. Many of these are yet to be recorded on film. He wrote his own Wikipedia page, didn't he? Oh yeah, that's a total he wrote his own Wikipedia page. (laughs) 
As a comedic instructor, he takes time with each individual in his seminars and to ensure there are upbeat critiques on timing, material, and delivery. <laughs> External website. Oh, he's in, let's go to his own website. Anyway, Tadao Tomomatsu. Tomomatsu. Tadao Tomomatsu. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, this is now a Tadao Tomomatsu fan podcast. <laughs> But seems like a cool guy. He does, yeah. <laughs> he seems like a chill kind of. Dude. I'm super happy that he's a Hoovian. Yeah, I'm glad that he's <laughs> that he's just this total fucking nerd. I'm pretty glad that he is not just this random bit part actor, but he's also a comedy instructor and also just this massive sci-fi nerd. That's pretty cool. Wonder if he has a podcast. If he doesn't, he's missing out. Absolutely. I would listen to his podcast. <laughs> anyway. Back to the film at hand, because <laughs> we ha- we dare fucking like dare we talk about something we actually enjoy. Who oh boy? Um, I wrote a note here uh, at this point. Uh, it's like they need a cosmic antic scene at least once every half minute. Yes, it's one of those films that is afraid to stop having things thrown at the watcher in case they get bored at any time. Which is a genuine concern because there's not actually that much interesting going on aside from the fact that it's constantly throwing things at you. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward a bit, uh, Penny has suddenly changed hair colour. <laughs> <laughs> Which confused me so much I thought her actor had been replaced halfway through the movie. I mean, I'm not entirely sure she did. I might just I'm be the lighting. pretty sure it's blonde right at the start, dude. It's really not. Are you sure? It's. I'm really sure. But it just goes hair? to show you how little Penny is used. That by halfway through the film, just like, who's that? Is that Penny? Why doesn't she have blonde hair? That's the hair of Penny, 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 Penny. Why doesn't she have the blonde hair? This isn't. That's not Penny. That's just girl number one. Well, the whole thing isn't Penny. It just doesn't work yeah, that way. So, Penny, is she? Gadget gets put onto basically propaganda detail for the police. Uh, most of what they use him for is rescuing cats from trees, but what he really wants to do is to track down Claw. Well, no, he doesn't know it's Claw. He wants to track down the bloke who murdered the bloke at the start that like, kicked off this entire gubbins. Yeah. Uh, I presume just purely so he can win the affection of Brenda. Uh, I mean, kind of. I mean, it would fit in with his boring, nerdy, white dude stereotype he has going on. Well, he's also got the justice uh, and I want to be a good cop thing going on. Yeah, that too. Which, I mean, have we mentioned the fact that Gadget wasn't really a cop thing? No. In the cartoon, Gadget is a spy cartoon. It's like, it's in his name. It's It's in his name, but... He's not, he's a detective type, he's not a fucking... After the most blatant detail of his character, it is in his fucking name. I mean... He's essentially a spy catcher, but not a good spy catcher. That's 
the entire basis of what he does. He goes around to interesting locations trying to track down enemy agents. Whereas in here, he rescues cats from trees and then tries to solve a murder. So, there's a ball that happens, presumably to celebrate with the Gadget Project being a success. And Gadget and the Rainbow Red Women a dance, and then Claw shows up and takes Rainbow Red Women to a fucking dance. Uh, Gadget is immediately suspicious of him and tries to spy him while he bugs off somewhere else to get a drink, presumably. And, and does possibly the single most uncomfortable, unsettling, grossest possible thing that this entire movie, which is he detaches his, his ear and sticks it onto a nearby statue in order to keep listening in. In the cartoons, that kind of works, but in here, it doesn't work because that is a real ass human ear. It looks physically real. It is. Genuinely disturbing to see that. Well, it's also made more disturbing by the fact that it's on this kind of bit of stringy wire that looks like it could be an actual yeah. bit of human yeah. entrails. Stop, 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 stop. As opposed stop. to what, as opposed to what it would be in the cartoon, yeah. which would just be yeah. a um, kind of a metal t- tube extender. This is. This is kind of the Mr. Fantastic problem, isn't it? A bit, yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, the, the problem, one of the, the reasons Mr. Fantastic is, is saved by the fact that you generally can't see his actual body as it's stretching because it's covered by a suit. Yes, now mostly there is a similar thing to the Mr. Fantastic stretching in an old lady's outfit that I've seen, where you see his arm and his hand and his fingers and his toe stretching out physically. Moving on. It's disturbing when you do it to look real, and that is why the Fantastic Four will never get a good live-action version. Mm-hmm. Anyway, while Gadget is buggered off, uh, Claw offers Brenda a job offer. Uh, it's kind of like saying, "Oh, hey, and 13 minutes before, Brenda stated to Gadget that she will be with him the whole way. 13 minutes later, Claw offers her a job, and she immediately starts considering dropping Gadget. Yeah. Why? Why? Like, okay, yeah, I get it, you need a job, you need money and all that stuff, I agree. But why? Wait, wait, wait. The, here's the thing. I'm not sure she does. What? Her father was the scientist, right? And the facility they work at was named after him. So she's just... She's just inherited a whole bunch of patents. Yeah. And... One of the greatest scientific um, advancements in this decade. Yeah. If not this century. Yeah. She's... I mean, okay, so it's not. But she Gadget doesn't think of that, does she? Gadget isn't that great a cop, but she has. Imagine the medical 
advancement of managing to basically take someone who... Imagine the medical advancement. The, yeah, but the thing is, is we see what Gadget is like on the inside, and it's just a bunch of fucking rubber ducks and coils and shit. Right, yes. <laughs> That's not good technology. That's going to break within five hours. Okay. It'll melt. But what if you don't keep shoving things into his body and just, you know, do the bits that keep him alive? Well, at that point, he's just fucking Iron Man, isn't he? Yeah, but that means at that point, you're able to save the lives of people who have been in horrific car crashes yeah, who but that's have broken their entire bodies. That's just Iron Man. That's just Tony Stark. Yes. And what was it that uh, made Tony Stark able to uh, run his company uh, without making weapons anymore? Love. Energy technology. The thing <laughs> from his body. You yeah. know? <laughs> that thing. <laughs> Anyway, she's... Yeah, okay, but I guess she's going to move to another company. Yeah. Um, got a couple of notes here about the characters we've already touched upon. Uh, Penny's severely underused in this movie. Um, and also, Claw is about as threatening as Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town and looks a lot like him, too. They share... They have to share a hairstylist. They must do, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, I've, my notes from this port point kind of skip on quite a bit in the, the movie um well at this point a the lot of cartoon happens and a lot of gubbins happens claw makes a well claw's henchman makes a what is it like a, a robotic replica of gadget yeah there are evil. there are robotic replicas of gadget and brenda for some reason i don't know why robo brenda is made but she's made and she is completely oh safe. god Nothing happens with Robo Brenda. Oh god, I've just realised why Robo Brenda is a thing, and I think bits of that were cut out when the adult content was oh. cut out from this thing. Oh god. Because uh. Claw is totally into Brenda uh. to a comical extent, uh. and Robo Brenda uh. is very um, uh. voluptuous. Uh. Uh. No. It's not a. I'm glad that her role in the movie is reduced to just comic relief. <laughs> I.e., she's there, she talks a lot, and is generally very hyperactive. Talks and a lot. And then she fucking flings herself off of hold a on, skyscraper. Talks a lot, tells Brenda something that she needs to know uh, to realise Claw is evil, and, and then, then flings herself off of the building. Yeah. <laughs> and then later returns in a after credit scene, or mid credit scene rather. Um, where it turns out she has her own aerobic exercise uh, video and she goes ultra fast and basically confuses the shit out of the entire crowd of other people that are there. Then falls off the building again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's something there. <laughs> Robo Brenda's a pretty good character. Boy, that really hasn't is a hallmark of the movie, how when we like the the singular one-off comic relief character that has no impact on the plot more than the main characters. Yeah. Although Evil Gadget's fun as well. Evil Gadget is brilliant. Because, I love Robo Gadget. Yeah, because Because the thing is with Robo Gadget, it is 
Matthew Broderick actually having fun filming the movie. Oh yeah, he gets to ham it up so much. He loves doing Evil Gadget. Oh my god. His physical work, I mean, it's not exactly up to the standards of data in Star Trek TNG. No, but it is very good. But he's very good at doing the robotic and just looking the weird and evil. The wild stare and, and the, the fake teeth constantly being bad and just, oh, it's such a... Oh, he's so good at it. He's really solid. By far, the best performance put into this movie is Matthew Broderick doing an evil version of Gadget. Which is weird, because, I mean, let's face it, normally you save the evil counterpart uh, clone for the sequel when you've run out of ideas. Yes. <laughs> they didn't have any ideas to really begin with. So, yeah, really says a lot about the film, huh? I mean, cl- let's put it this way. Claw makes an evil gadget before there is any particular reason for him to make an evil gadget. Yeah. Rather than just steal gadgets technology, he makes an evil gadget. So, yeah. So we see evil gadgets um, messing stuff up in the streets for a bit. And then we get a smash cut to Smash Mouth, uh, All-Star being played in the car. (laughs) Smash cut to Smash Mouth. And also Brain is dancing along to it in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And yeah. By the way, thirty-nine minutes into the film right now, and now we see uh, Robo Gadget, the first actual genuine threat to the general public. Uh, how many more minutes in the film? Ah, you know, just about like, uh, well, not counting the credits, uh, less than thirty. Yeah. <laughs> that is utterly pathetic. Um, I mean, this thing follows a three-act structure, and let's face it. We're probably more used to a five-act structure in modern films. <laughs> we like something um, to actually happen before everything suddenly happens. Also, Penny seems to have suddenly aged by about five years at this point in the film. <laughs> she changes actors three times as far as I'm concerned. No, it's still Michelle Trangdenberg. <laughs> she looks older in this scene for some fucking reason. Maybe it was reshoots? I mean, it's it's... it's it's also the point that she has longer hair in this as opposed to the pigtails that she had up beforehand. It could be that. Which I guess, but I mean, genuinely looks older in that shot for some reason and I have no idea why. I mean, she was very young. She might simply have had a g- growth spurt between. God, that, how long did they film? I don't know. I dread to think. Oh, Christ. Uh... My notes skip on ahead again at this point. It's you can tell it was around like this halfway point of the movie that I started kind of switching off in with regards to making notes because nothing really happened other than cartoon antics and those cartoon antics are so basic and mundane that I couldn't even notify anything like I couldn't write any notes on it or anything like that. <laughs> so there are like notes which are five to ten minutes apart in the actual movie yeah so what even happens the rest of the movie i mean gadget warns brenda gadget gets captured by claw gadget gets his control card ripped out uh penny and brenda track gadget down to a um scrapyard whilst the evil gadget is uh fucking up the middle of town uh gadget somehow manages to turn himself back on when he yeah okay what the fuck is with that right well well, how did he bring himself back to life and how is he still functioning completely fine and normal without that card 
when that card has made literally the big MacGuffin from the very start. Well, you see, before that was made the big MacGuffin, uh, we see the scientist guy uh, discover that the best way of controlling it is through sheer willpower. Okay, sure. Why the fuck even make it a MacGuffin at all, then? I don't know. I also don't know how these things are going to function without their CPU, because that's definitely the fucking yeah, CPU. that's definitely the thing that makes everything function. What the fuck? <laughs> Considering he turns off when he hasn't got it. It's not a head unable to control the rest of the body. He just stops. He dies immediately. And yet somehow comes back from the dead like some sort of robotic Jesus Christ. Also, Gadget suddenly inexplicably has a video watch that can communicate with the car's AI. Just all of a sudden. This is <sighs> the very first appearance and the only appearance of it in the entire movie. I don't know why. I, plot convenience, I guess. I mean, Penny gets one later to talk to Brain in the... In uh, a mid-credits scene. mid scene. Where Brain can suddenly talk now. Yeah. And has the voice of original Gadget from the cartoon, <laughs> Don Adams. Because, <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> That's a bit of fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's very bizarre to do that. Um, but, I mean, it's vague foreshadowing for the second film, I guess, where Brain does actually talk, but is not voiced by Don Adams. I am dreading this. Yes, I am not looking forward to the second film. Apparently, it, it stays more true to the cartoon source, though. So maybe it'll be better than this. Uh, it has considerably less budget, so perhaps there are less things being thrown at the, uh, yeah. the viewer for no particular reason. Anyway, my next note after the, the video watch thing goes, I still don't get why GoGo Gadget oil slick is a thing. So Gadget goes off to fight uh, Evil Gadget, and yeah, okay. It's, to be fair, if you were going to do Gadget as a superhero facing off against another gadget is probably the only way it would make any sense. Yeah. Gadget doesn't have any supervillains who aren't just evil Christmas criminal masterminds. Evil Christmas masterminds, are you about to say? <laughs> I I may have stumbled over my words, but I now like the idea of an evil, evil Christmas, Christmas mastermind. mastermind. Yeah. Claw pulls his... Uh, t- Claw turns around in the seat and it's evil Santa Claus. Well, I mean, one of the jokes earlier when he was deciding his name was Santa Claus, so... Anyway. And a side bit, Penny uh, has just kind of wandered into Skolex Industries, discovered Sykes, and somehow acts as a uh, psychiatrist for Sykes. Okay, um, because we haven't really mentioned Sykes, Sykes is... Oh yeah, Sykes is the muscle henchman that does nothing throughout the entire film. Yeah, you get generic muscle mook and generic brains mook. And the brains mook does everything. Uh, Refuse... I mean, faints. Can't kill Gadget, faints in the process. Yeah, all that Sykes actually does is just kind of sit around and crack jokes every so often. That's his only purpose throughout the entire film until this point... At which point, he suddenly gets character development. I think he's also the driver initially. Yes. He crashes through the wall. Yes, and causes the Yahoo billboard to go down. That also. (laughs) But, I mean, Sykes is literally just a minion mook. Yes. Which will lead us to the best joke in the movie later on, but... Uh, Anyway, like, little girl calms evil henchman down is a cliché. Honestly, I've seen it a couple of times in a few other things. 
it's like, oh, good, this movie couldn't get cliched enough, could it? I mean, it's kind of fun having her basically getting him talking about how his father was a uh, a tool shop owner and yeah. how he should have gone into that business instead. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but at the same time, it's this pointless character development where it won't really be revisited except for this one mid credit scene, and then well, that's yeah, it. Yeah, true. It's utterly pointless that it even happens in the first well, place. Well, it's not, because he... Uh, turn state's evidence, um, oh, well, which yeah, gets that's uh, true. it is plot convenience character Des- development. Despite huh? the fact that at this point there is probably so much physical evidence. Yeah. For example, the foot flushed halfway down the toilet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Inspector Gadget, ga- movie Gadget, finally uses um, Cartoon Gadget's trademark chopper hat. Hey. Good God, this is a bad special effect. Yeah. It's it's so very clearly Matthew in front of a green screen having a fan blown on him, isn't it? It really is. It's so so badly superimposed onto background. (laughs) It's kind of wonderful. Um, Then, oh God, what is it? It Claude kidnaps Brenda and tries to take her on this helicopter and Gadget swoops in and saves the day. Claude says something he fucking mumbles something under his breath while he's in the helicopter and i swear to god i exactly heard it as bring on the bronies and i <laughs> no, don't no. Okay. know okay what he actually said it's but a- i like the idea that he did that it's actually a callback joke yeah okay back at the ball yeah uh when he introduces himself to brenda he introduces himself oh as uh as, um what's his name skr skr Sanford Skolex or something. It's me, Sanford Skolex. You remember from Harvard? And she says, oh my, you've lost a lot of weight. And then later, when he's kidnapping her, she says, I liked you more when you were fat. To which he replies, bring on the, bring on the, um, the brownies. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's basically the same word as brownies, you know. <laughs> anyway... Moving onwards, swiftly onwards, because we're nearly done. Oh, we're nearly done. It's the kind of joke that would be good in a movie where it was accompanied by other good jokes. Yes. But because it's in this thing where there is so much that's forgettable, you've already forgotten the setup. Uh, The note here that is just my chagrin at the fact that Brain did literally fuck all in this movie, thus utterly defeating the point of him being called Brain. Um... (laughs) Uh, Gadget saves the day, obviously, along with Sykes providing more evidence to the police that uh, Claw is the actual bad dude and shit like that. They go off happily ever after scene, etc. Claw then invokes that classic Gadget catchphrase, I'll get you next time, Gadget. I'll get you. (laughs) That's not his fucking catchphrase! How do you fuck that up so badly? Here's a question. They're trying to explain everything about Claw. How come his voice didn't get fucked up? That's true. That's <laughs> the, the other trademark of Claw. Because you've the basically... voice and I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time! Yeah, you've got this weedy guy saying, I'll get you next time, Gadget, rather than, I'll get you next time, Gadget. That's that's less claw and more uh, Baron von Greenback from Danger Mouse. It's the same thing, ultimately. <laughs> uh, Doctor Claw is a bit more Batesy. Well, yeah. 
and uh, Greenback is very wheezy, <laughs> like fucking fifty pack a day chain smoker kind of wheezy. Anyway, I mean, maybe they were going to imply that the smoking was what was going to do that eventually. But either way, he smokes a huge cigar. Either, either way, end scene, <sighs> movie over, credits. Wait, no, we have at least five mid-credit scenes. So. Um, hold on, hold on. Can I just say, this is a superhero movie but, with multiple mid-credit uh, sequences and an appearance from the from the character's creator still, halfway through. I refuse to... I, I refuse to acknowledge this, this as was doing... a superhero movie. I'm sorry. This is not a superhero movie by any means. Oh, come on. This is no. a movie in which a super-powered a being no. fights another super-powered being. It's not a superhero movie. Okay. It's inherently not a superhero movie. Why? Do you know why? Because Inspector Gadget isn't a fucking superhero, and you can't just invent a superhero like that. You can't take a character that is already exists as an spy character and go, Bop, he's a spy superhero now. Go fuck yourself. You can't do that. Except they did. Yes, but that doesn't mean you're okay. <laughs> you are saying implicitly that you agree with the creators that this is an okay thing to do. Do you really want to be saying that? I don't agree that it's an okay thing to do. Then this don't ki- say it's a this- superhero movie. It is. Then you are agreeing with the creators by saying that. The movie is siding with the people who invented this trash. The genre of the movie is a superhero movie. It's not. It shouldn't be. It's really not a superhero movie. It is. It's a superhero. It's literally. It doesn't have any of the trimmings of a superhero movie other than cliches of, look, that man who has powers is fighting his clone. That's, That's a major superhero thing. Also... Yeah, okay, it is one storyline okay. of a superhero thing that okay. is usually over within about half an hour, right? Not an entire movie that is self-contained and never gets followed up in any shape, oh, way, or form. Oh, Avery, Avery. This is a 1990s superhero movie. <sighs> superhero movies were shit. <laughs> We barely got any of them because the special effects were terrible. And when we did, they were so threadbare and so trite. Time to watch Batman forever. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Time to dream about Jim Carrey saying spank me. <laughs> Technically speaking, by your kind of uh, categorization business here. The Mask is a superhero movie. Oh yeah, completely. Bugger. <laughs> uh, technically, The Mask is an anti-hero superhero movie. Yeah, it's more um, of a Deadpool-y thing, isn't but, it? But I mean, it's literally based Shit, on a comic The Mask book. was Deadpool was before Deadpool, wasn't he? Um, I'm not sure who came first in hmm. terms of the self-awareness thing within the comics itself, because The Mask is based on a comics, although the comic of The Mask is a lot darker than the comic... Uh, the the movie the movie's a lot more comedic. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. Anyway, <laughs> movie fucking over. I won't have another word from you about this film's genre other than shit. Right? <laughs> B movie trite. I mean, is what I will accept. I will not have another word on it. I mean, we are talking now. Now it's time for the talking of the okay, credit scenes after credit sequences. So. 
First off, we see Robo Brenda and her aerobics program. Uh, then we see Headless Robo Gadget just still running about for some reason. I don't know why no one stopped that. Because he loses his head in part of the fight. We forgot to mention that, but whatever. Doesn't really matter. Has no bearing on anything. Uh, then the car AI comes in. He, he says a word or two. Um, and then we have... Uh, oh, also the Penny Radio Watch scene where Brain talks in the voice of uh, Inspector Gadget. And it's... It's the Don Adams cameo. Yeah, it's the Don Adams cameo. It is a bad way um, to shoehorn Don Adams into this film. Yes, it really is. Uh, and then finally we have... The greatest joke in this entire film that lasts a mere 30 seconds and the actual core joke bit of it is only on second for about three of those seconds. Okay, have you seen Wreck-It Ralph? No. Wreck-It Ralph uh, has, was one of the cool things. It's a sort of... Uh, you haven't explained the actual scene yet. It is sort you of... Can't, you can't... Go into the Wreck-It Ralph parallel if we haven't actually spoken what I can this actually. scene is. Hold on. How? Listen to no. me out. Oh. Wreck-It Ralph has this scene in which the villains have kind of a villains anonymous meeting where they're all trying to be better people. This film did it 20 years before. Well, it's 15 with, years before. With the minions With minions. Of, with the sidekicks uh, not, not, of the Not the yellow fuckers, but the... Um, your, your henchmen's yeah so yeah we have sykes in the minion recovery group and then they pack it with a mixture of I mean, representatives well i mean the, 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 let me just keep talking about the, the actual bit is literally just a imitation of the like blank anonymous meetings like oh my name is sykes i was a henchman and i've been i haven't been licking anyone's boots for like four years now or something like that and it was like way and then that's it but the real meat of the joke here is the audience of the the um recovery group yeah for this 30 second thing they got mr t <laughs> yes mr t as himself for a short bit um the, 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 it's like a bunch of other minion type characters and stuff in the audience, um, um, which are then referred to in the credits under uh, obtuse names so that they don't have to pay copyright fees or whatever. So we have a uh, famous big guy with silver teeth. Uh, so Jaws. Yeah. Play, played by Richard Linklater. We have famous villain with deadly hat. Uh, odd Job, again played by the original actor. We have famous identifier of sea, seaplanes. Uh, I believe that's the short guy from, is it the Love Island? Or? Is Bobby Bell. Bobby Bell, yes. Or Robert Bell, depending on how you prefer it. We have famous Native American sidekick, which we think is Tonto. A guy dressed as Tonto, I believe. Uh, famous assistant to Dr. Franken-something, who is obviously Igor. Yeah. Uh, son before second son, which we couldn't figure out. That was the one that like there's two like kind of bizarrely obtuse ones which I mean we there are more people in the room. Quite figure out. Yeah, there's I definitely guess... more people in the room, but they're not mentioned in the credits is the problem. I mean it might be Kato, one of the Katos. Yeah. There are two Katos. There are two Katos, supposedly. <laughs> there's some before Kato. second son, which we don't know who it is. And then there is Bane of the Bumbling Idiotic yet curiously successful French detective's existence, who is, of course, Kato. Kato with a C. Yeah. Sitting next to Kato with a K, the uh, assistant to the Green Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, Aaron Mayerson as himself, 
who is oh god who is he again who is he's one of the producers yeah he's one of the producers (laughs) which is a nice little clutch in there but it's like this like 10 second 15 second gag that is just there in the middle this is a movie made during the era where it is like inanely hard to pause films a split second like that and just appreciate little gags like that yeah and it's just so packed full of it it's just kind of this wonderful little thing right at the end that makes it feel a little bit worth it for reaching the end with the Not completely worth it yeah but just a bit worth it because that was a good joke <laughs> it's, it's it is the really third good joke, joke in the entire movie um and then at the end the fucking gadget mobile ai basically tells the entire audience to fuck off so <laughs> that's a good ending thanks thanks for sitting through the credits get out of here yeah <laughs> Christ almighty. Well, that was definitely a film. (sighs) I apologise for potentially making that the most confusing way to talk and go through an entire movie possible, but, boy, we have a lot to talk about. I think we covered all the important points. Yeah, like, that's definitely gone more in-depth and it's been more interesting lesson than most of our long in-depth talk about ones especially groove squad and shit this one oh boy it's real shit it's uh, real shit so you didn't rate this one then god no only three good jokes none of it makes any sense in relation to actual gadgets like they got two three four five important key factors of all of the characters completely wrong including calls catchphrase which is the most easiest thing to get right and they somehow got it wrong by repeating the other half of the sentence also why would you put it then why would you not make that the very end of credit sequence i don't fucking know because that's literally when it was in the show yeah (sighs) so it's come to this is this movie better or worse than Meet the Fucking Beatles? That's a hard that one. That is the toughest question that we have ever asked on this show. And the thing is, out of the five movies we have watched so far, Meet the Deedles is still on the top. It's very analogous to Meet the Deedles. It is. It is very, very similar in its writing and in its comedy, in its whole constant cartoon antic style it has higher high points than meet the deedles but it has lower low points than meet the deedles meet the deedles definitely had the better soundtrack yeah uh it didn't gloriously shit over an existing property that we actually kind of like yeah it's definitely had more than three funny jokes i'd say It wasn't directed by a director whose only other movie credit was the uh, 1991 uh, Vanilla Ice movie, (laughs) Cool as Ice. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Why, of all people? Jesus Christ. More of a music video uh, director than a movie director. Never quite works out, does it? Oh, God. Jesus Christ, this is worse than Meet the Deedles, isn't it? I think it might be. Jeez. Okay, in that case, better or worse than Archie's to Riverdale and back? 
Oh. Which is, I would say, even where it's more about analogous. On par, it's a bit more on par, isn't it? Because both with, of those with, do shit on, yeah. completely shit, and miss the point of their yeah. source material. Huh. I have to say, it might have been a bit more watchable than to Riverdale and back. I. Mm. I would agree, but it's kind of fascinating the ways that they completely miss the point of Archie in so many different ways. And then also there is the rapping scene with Jughead. Yeah, I was going to mention the Jughead rapping scene. Genuinely this awe-inspiring, fascinating moment of what in the actual fuck? Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. <laughs> yeah. Like, you what are the my fuck candy girl. Is that? And you got me one. Break it down now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's tie it up. Something that'll help us narrow this down a lot more. Better or worse than Time Kid? Oh, better than Time Kid. Yeah. I agree. Time Kid was still dishwater. They fucking called it Time Kid. Time Kid. (laughs) It's such a generic name. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, so. Yeah, I think Archie has more memorable positive moments. Not positive for the right reasons, but still more uh, positive moments than Inspector Gadget did. So we're putting it third? Yeah, I'm putting it in between Archie and Time Kid. I think that's where it should go. Yeah, I think I can probably agree with you it's, there. It's better than Time Kid. It's more watchable than Time Kid. It's shits on the legacy of Inspector Gadget, uh, which is fairly inexcusable considering that is literally the only thing that anyone ever remembers Deke for nowadays. Yeah. Oh, well, except for the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons, but... Eh, yeah, the, but... They usually yeah, tribu- yeah. tribute that to Archie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say third. What do you say? Uh, I think I agree with you. Right here, then. <laughs> well, there we go. Number three in the movie quadrant is fucking Inspector Gadget 1999. <laughs> Okay, before we close this off, I know you've never got any good ideas when I put you on the spot, but, I mean, how would you make this movie work? How would you make... I mean, for one thing, there were rumours of there being an Inspector Gadget movie for 2020. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? Yeah. I don't know whether that's actually gone into production. I heavily fucking doubt that's going to happen because Disney do not own the rights anymore. There is no chance they still own the rights after nearly 20 years. It's quite possible they do. They might have kept the movie rights to Inspector Gadget as part of the deal to sell Deke back to Andy Hayward. But why would they want to keep the rights if they made two movies that flopped? Because they can always make it again in 10 years. And have it flop again and be another fucking (laughs) money sink? Yeah, sure. Well, that's true. I mean, sure, they've got the fucking money to spend. It's Disney, but It's still, still. the only thing that was really of any value to Disney yeah. when it came to the rest of the deep properties at the time. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. We have come... Uh, I mean, it's been t- nearly 20 years since this thing was released now. Yeah, which is terrifying to think about. It will literally be its uh, its 20th anniversary tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow! <laughs> Next, next year. year next year next year it's it's 20th anniversary next year which is horrifying to think about honestly um, genuinely horrifying um which means that the technology has come along that we can actually produce uh cgi that would make things convincing with respect to gadget convincing or depending on your perspective more horrifying well that's true 
Um, but I mean, yeah. how would you play this personally? Because I mean, obviously, you don't think this should be a superhero film, which is kind of what they did and did badly. Can I just halt this entire operation for a moment? Okay. Inspector Gadget 2, the direct-to-DVD sequel, is apparently more committed to being accurate to the cartoon. It is uh, apparently yes. more, it is more, like, it actually brings on things of the cartoon, so Gadget is more like actual Gadget. Penny actually does shit, brain talks, etc., so I feel like I want to give that one a try before I give any opinion on, like, how I would improve the first one. Because the thing is, when I when you ask me that question, the only thing that comes to mind is, make it more like the cartoon. Yeah. That is what the sequel yeah. did. Which is why I want to see the sequel and see how that did it, and then we'll return to that question at the end of the Inspector Gadget 2 episode and go, not like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's more than fair. Um, but I'm curious to see how you would approach this, personally. I mean, let's face it, there is already a model for what Inspector Gadget should be. And, well, there are two models. One is Johnny English. Yeah. Which... Bubbling I mean, secret agent. <laughs> granted, not like not a film that has aged the best. It is basically just a more serious Mr. Bean. But... You know, it's 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 kind of in the hearts of many people here because it's a classic. I mean, there are there are probably like yeah, Powers. there are probably better spy movies. I mean, there's a version of Get Smart, yeah, which Inspector Gadget was a total knockoff. Mm-hmm. It was inspired heavily by, uh, uh, but also that and the Inspector Clouseau Pink Panther movies. Yeah, yeah. What you should have is this figure bumbling through whilst his <laughs> whilst his relatives try to cover up the fact that he is a complete incompetent. Yeah. So, basically, robotic Johnny English. Yeah, essentially. Yes. A okay. Robotic Johnny English with a dog, with a girl and her dog. So, make it more like the cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly, exactly what it is. So, basically, both of our points here are just make it more yeah, like the cartoon. completely. Yeah. I think there is a sense. way you could actually make it like a cartoon rather than a fucking superhero film. And they did exactly that for the director visual sequel. We hope. Which we hope is going Except to be... Except for the fact that Brain talks. Mildly decent. Oh, God. Brain actually speaks English. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. This is also not to mention that we've still got at least three or four actual uh, cartoon gadget things left to talk about as well. Oh, you're talking about the gadgetinis? Gadgetinis. Uh, gadget saves Christmas. Gadget's road trip, and also Inspector Gadget's last case. Which you might predict where we're going to be putting that (laughs) in our list. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. Um, Well, I believe that's it for this episode. Good fucking lord, I am really fucking light-headed right now. You have done a lot of yelling. (laughs) I've done a lot of yelling and talking because of this piece of shit movie. Which has made me very sad and disappointed overall. Preemptively, this is probably going to be a late episode, and I'm very sorry for that, but I'm glad you have stuck through with it and listened all the <laughs> way through to the end of this, because, good God, this was probably a fucking pain in the ass to edit with how long it is and how bad the volume like levels are looking at everything. I'm so sorry. I s- gradually <laughs> slip away from the microphone. And I just kept getting louder. Hooray! <laughs> Business <laughs> as usual. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, 
I'm glad that I'm, I'm really happy with this episode though personally I'm I, I'm glad that our anniversary episode happened so well. It was fun this to is, record. I think this, this is, is a very fun episode. Possibly big... the most fun we've had recording since uh, <laughs> since the fucking sharks episode. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah, the Street, Street Sharks, sharks episode, episode was so good, man. Wow, we need to get back to that. That's going to be the legendary episode. We're going to keep going. Oh, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that. It's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've got uh, the biggest fucking grin on my face right now for this. Um, so, whether you've listened to just this one or all 50, here's to you and here's to another 50 fucking episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the end is never the end. Is never the end. Is never the end. Is never the end. Oh, we're at mostlycables.com. <laughs> Oh, you can also tweet us Twitter at Mostly Kobolds, but we only occasionally check that, I'm afraid, so eh, probably not the best uh, way to contact us. Yeah, I'd um, like to limit my bird side to... Yeah, <laughs> if you're on Mastodon, then uh, and you want to get in touch with us, send a tweet off to uh, Mark. He's vordus at mastodon.social. Uh, yes. V-O-R-D-U-S. Um, and... <laughs> He'll happily have a chat with you and say thanks if you give us a compliment, and also say fuck off if you uh, don't compliment us. Actually, wait, no, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I am also slightly a bit hyperactive right now. Yeah, you're very loopy. I've I've suddenly... I'm up, I'm up, I'm ready to go. Which is the worst time, because this is the end. Well done. (laughs) And as a result, I am floundering a lot, and I'm rambling. So um, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you are able to. It really helps, iTunes, apparently. iTunes, it's called iTunes. I don't give a shit what Apple say. It's not called Apple Podcasts. It's fucking iTunes. Well, the it, app is called Podcasts. Yeah. But, I mean, you can use any app to subscribe to us. But you need to leave a review through there, which is a pain in the ass because that means you need to make an Apple ID account, which is probably why we haven't had many reviews. Yeah, uh, (laughs) one of the problems is that all of the kind of people that follow us for some reason are more cheap tech and uh, (laughs) anti-surveillance people. (laughs) Which, to be fair, I don't fucking blame you. That's not my scene, personally, because that's too much effort for me to put into anything. But we're cheap tech people. But we are cheap tech people. <laughs> for fuck's sake, I've been living with for the last five years with an old Sony Vio laptop from 2008 that has been slowly dying, but God damn it, if it's not a trooper and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, thank you very, very much for making it all the way to the end of this long-ass rambling episode. We appreciate you so, so much. And thank you even more if you have listened to our entire backlog of episodes. God bless you. <laughs> you are a legend to us. Um, I'm not sure how you managed to do it. Yeah. Fucking Godspeed to you. Um, and if this is your first time listening to this episode, we are sorry this is the first episode you listen to, but hey, probably the best one. Um, <laughs> and uh, please, if you like this, then subscribe to us using whatever podcasting app you use. Might it be pod, uh, podcasts? It might be fucking Spotify. I don't know. Actually, no, it won't be Spotify because you need to go through a special process and Shot Engine doesn't have that. So 
Never mind. Ignore me saying that. It might be through Google Play Podcasts. Yeah. It might be through iTunes. It might be through Podcast Addict. It might be through Castbox. Through we're we're on a few whatever of, uh, fucking podcaster you use. There are so many podcasting apps out there. The we're on a few of the search engines. If you can't find us on the search engine, the RSS is up on basicobolds. Yeah. To be fair, com. I think if you search Deek Podcasts, we're one of the third, like on the first page of Google results. So. Weirdly, not many people were making podcasts about the Deek back catalog. I wonder that, why. Isn't it? You yeah. mean it, uh, we probably should have seen the. Uh, <laughs> we probably should have taken that as a warning rather than. A, oh, great. <laughs> Jovial regret. Ah, oh, yes. So anyway. Uh, It's time for us to have a bit of a fucking rest, and we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks with another episode, which, oh god, what are we even going to watch? Who knows? (laughs) We'll sort something out. We'll find something. There's always more Deke. But again, thank you very much for listening, (laughs) and uh, ta-ra. Sorry if this came out late, which it probably did. I was probably waiting for my monitor to arrive so I could use my new computer. Uh, and that and also work got in the way so I couldn't edit it as fast as I wanted anyway floundering is, yeah. uh, anyway, that's the end of the show thank you for this listening to this 10 minute outro <laughs> 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 oh I don't know I'm suddenly really happy it's it's a good time is the is the 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 the, the, uh, the, the fading in outro music long enough to have actually <laughs> ended by it now it loops it loops oh good it's, oh, a, good. it's literally a loop so I the loop that I have is set up to go on for like a minute or something so I can just drag it in in one minute chunks well well rather done rather than ten second chunks which is what it actually is but no it's not even ten seconds it's like five seconds Oh it's a bloody pleasant loop to listen to, at least. <laughs> so, you know, it's good for fading in and then having it there after the end. <sighs> See you in two weeks. I'm going to have a fucking bar of chocolate, I am. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>